Hi, I'm Ryan Darby. I am the president of Credible Family. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about the most powerful words that you can tell your children and why curiosity is the secret weapon of incredible parents. Welcome back to our fourth and final episode of this delicious uh, series of uh, Curiosity Bites with our special guests, Brandon and Annalyn Miller, uh, who are the co-authors of two books on parenting, the first being Play to Their Strengths, and the latest one, Incredible Parent. They're joined by Dr. Ryan Darby, who is the president of Incredible Family and leading expert on strengths-based parenting. You can find out more about um, about that, about Incredible Parenting. You can go to the website, which is incrediblefamily.com. You also can find out more about uh, all of this. We'll make sure all that's in the show notes. Is there is there another place that people should go before we before we start uh, besides Incredible Parenting, where they can uh, people who are listening can uh, or inc- sorry Incredible Family, where people can find out stuff. Yeah, you can always visit us at any of our social media sites. So Clubhouse, we have a room, Incredible Family, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Just look up Incredible Family and you'll find us. Fabulous. Fabulous. All right. So let, let's get back into it here because we've been talking about this, um, you know, the psychology, the development, the parenting, all those kinds of things. And yet all of this is held in this framework of uh, strength finder, which Ryan is highly trained in and, uh, and coached and trained others in. And um, talk to us a little bit about the background of you guys coming together um, as the parents of seven children with the guy behind strength finder, you have a strength finder company. How did all this come about? Tell us the, the backstory a little bit, if you could. Sure. So I, I, was introduced to this idea of strengths-based development in 2003 and very early in Dr. Clifton's work, the late Dr. Clifton, around how do you how do you flip the switch? How do you, how do you change the narrative around how we develop people? And I, I grabbed a book called Now Discover Your Strengths randomly, actually wasn't, wasn't something I was out hunting for. I found it, I thought that's really interesting, discovering strengths. What does that look like? And in reading his work and, and subsequently taking what was then called the, the strengths finder, I was, I was captured, captured by this idea that we could make an adjustment to how we, how we engage, how we talk to, how we work with. And so at the time, I was managing 20 some odd people, and I had the opportunity to get a, a, a half day glimpse at a training of well, what do you do with this? And I mean, I was hook, line, sinker. I was all in rolled it out, made it a part of how we worked within the organization I was a part of. And I thought this is is a simple yet elegant solution to the way that we approach people management and people development. Why not position them where their momentum is already going, it's already built in, and help them to to work in that space. And, And with the caveat that not only will they be more successful in their job, but they'll enjoy well-being outside of the job. And, and, mm-hmm. and you, you, now you're connecting this whole life approach. So, so began to do that work at the time. There was not any sort of offering to officially become a coach or certification until 2012. So I was, uh, I was uh, out making it up as I went along and using the books and using the coaching experience that I had. And so launched a business 
where I brought it in, but I, I called Gallup in uh, 2012 and said, hey, this is your IP. Are you guys going to offer something? And said, yeah, as a matter of fact, we just launched the class yesterday. Mm. And I said, oh, well, sign me up. What does it cost? They said the cost is like, oh, shit. Um, well, I'll get right back to you. <laughs> and so, so talk to, talk to Anna Lynn and talk to others. Like, I'm, I'm making it happen. And so uh, Ryan Darby, Dr. Ryan Darby, um, is the first person I meet. So they assign you with a coach. And so I think Ryan and I talked in November of 2012, and he's on the phone with me, and we have this this amazing conversation around strengths. And I'm 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 so excited. I'm so impressed with him and getting to share. And and so we meet a month and a half later in in Omaha, Nebraska, January of 2013. And Ryan's the instructor of the course that he helped to design to to certify me as a Clifton Strengths coach. And I was one of the first seven to go through the, the program that now has 10,000 coaches in the world. And so as uh, Dov, you know, my partner, Darren here saw me, we meet very soon into that. I think February, March, the same year. And yep. we want to form this business 34 strong. And so as we're, as we're hurtling down, going into companies and organizations and, and, and public sector, we're realizing, wow, this stuff really works to help management really helps uh, with leadership. But from the stage, whether I was with Anna Lynn or on my own, we often used our kids as examples because we began to realize, I can't go in and tell you how to be a great boss and how to right. be people using this approach and not realize, you know, being a parent, being a boss, kind of the same thing. Being authentic, <laughs> yeah. Know, uh-huh. I, I should really be what I'm talking about, you know, practice mm-hmm. what I preach, eat my own veggies, so to speak. And so in doing that, uh, we were... Some years later, talking about, well, you know, we have seven kids and three are moving out and we kind of want to work on something together, pick up a project. And we had always toyed with the idea of working together. And so Annalyn and I said, Let, let's write a book, put all our stories together and tell families about how to apply a strengths based approach to your family. And in doing so, I realized we couldn't really take one for one the, the strengths finder language or, or tools. That's their tool. We wanted to respect their intellectual property. And at the same time, we realized, you know, this could, it would help if we could give parents some kind of language for them and their kids that was more specific to this domain. And so called Dr. Darby and said, hey, buddy, I, uh, you know, long time no see, I need your letters. And he's like, wait, what? I said, (laughs) so my wife and I are writing a book and I I need your PhD, buddy. Can you, uh, are, are you have any interest in helping me? And I think, Ryan, you said something like, well, let me see what you have. <laughs> me, yeah, we, we had already started writing yeah. the strengths are we, out. Are and we how talking we a real thing here? Or like, like you know, as you said, uh, Doc, some of these things are crap, right? Sure. <laughs> so you know, I think that was Ryan's gentle way of saying, are you like fishing for something that's not real or do you got a thing? <laughs> so shared it with them and, and off we went. And uh, we're, we're now, you know, seeing parents get to use these resources, you know, some years later and, and awesome to watch that evolve. So talk to us about... Uh, about the application of strengths with kids, you know, because uh, maybe uh, some people have been through the Strengths Finder, the Clifton process with work, uh, um, but it would seem uh, certainly too complex to do with a five, six, seven, eight, nine year old. So uh, might work with teens if you could get them to sit down and They'll talk to you long enough, um, maybe. Uh, so, 
talk to us about the application of it with these younger children and how do you how do you walk through that yeah so, so you're you're absolutely right you can't get the five-year-old to sit down and fill a likert scale question about your likes and dislikes strongly right? like you know it's not gonna work yeah um and so we actually built the incredible kids assessment so there are two assessments one incredible parent i discover what makes my natural strengths in parenting what am i good at you know what can i lean into to give me more energy and joy, more success as a parent. Okay. Then there's the incredible kids where we're saying, okay, well, well now you need to discover about your kids. And so, you know, one of the things that we're really, really stressed, and you'll appreciate this, is that we actually need to be curious about our kids the whole time. We need to be just as fascinated and curious about our kids as we are about what the Kardashians are doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little more. A little more. All right. <laughs> but but we need to be constantly fascinated. They're they're not fully baked. We talked about developmental stages previously. So who am I? I have a six-year-old, I have a an eleven-year-old right now. Who they are right now, they're gonna be somewhat similar when five years from now, but they're gonna be different. Mm-hmm. And I need to be so fascinated the whole time. And he asks, Who are you? What's what do you love? What are you good at? What do you want to be? You know. So what we did is we built the incredible kids assessment to be an intervention for the parents that the parents take about their kids. And so I take it about my six-year-old and I, and I ask questions like, does your six-year-old um, hate losing? And you say, well, you, yeah, he really hates losing. Um, is your six-year-old somebody who makes friends easily? Does he, is he, does he lead in the classroom? Does he like attention? These type of questions. And so What's really cool is you'll get some parents that'll answer it and they'll, they'll like come out with this report. They're like, Oh my gosh, that's my kid. And then we have all all sorts of other things that help explain why your kid does the things they do, but then you'll get some. And typically the ones that have come to me have been fathers and sometimes Mm -hmm. they're, they're fathers who are removed. Maybe they're co-parenting from a distance or something. And they'll say, I don't know the answer to these questions. And we're like, that right there is where we need to start, right? Because you need to go back to fascination with your kids. So we talk about a lot about how this is both, um, it's both an assessment to give you language, but it's also an intervention to teach you what you need to be doing constantly, being constantly curious about your kids. No, that, that for me is interesting because again, the misperception, dis, disconnection is also a challenge because uh, we've all heard this um, back in the days when I was a therapist, you know, well, my kids like this. And then I meet the kids like, no, your kid's not like that. That's your biases got nothing to do with your kid. Now I'm not saying your kid doesn't behave that way with you, but that's not who your kid is. So in the context of trying to do this assessment about another, right. Mm-hmm. Cause it is another, um, it's that I imagine the challenge would be, is that my kid? Cause I'm putting, my kid is very, very kind and very social. Yeah. Around you, yep. your kid's a horror show when they get to school. Yeah. You know, so talk to us a little bit about that. How do you, uh, how do you sort of confront those, mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh two identities the 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 kid in front of you and the kid who's out in the world yeah yeah i think most important here is we're we're trying to 
take parents into a perspective in which they're nurturing the positive aspects of the gift. We, we talked about reinforcement in the very beginning yep. um, and how important it is for you to reinforce the right behaviors. And in fact, we would see world this weekend. They're getting dolphins to do like backflips, like three times through the air and backflips. They don't do that in the wild, right? That's purely done through reinforcement. And so reinforcement is incredibly powerful in training our children. Now, as a parent, my de facto tool for training my kids is punishment. They do something wrong and I'm like, and it's not nearly as effective as the reinforcement. So what we're, what we want parents to do is to get into the habit of looking for the, the right things in your children, the good things, the things that can admire, the things that can reinforce. And if they happen to get it wrong, let's say their kid, like, I think my kid is totally uh, compassionate and wonderful. And that's who I see at home. And I'm reinforcing that. And I'm saying, I love that about you. Keep that up. I love how you're always thoughtful to your sister. And then they're a terror in the classroom. Well, okay, that's fine. But you're nurturing the good thing here. And yeah, maybe it's not truly who they are, but the point is you're nurturing a right thing in them, a strong thing in them. Um, and if we can, yeah. Go ahead. If we, if we can nurture the good parts of our kids, what happens is it starts to crowd out some of the things that we don't like. So eventually you're nurturing, hey, I love that you're kind at home. I love that you're you know, you're, you're good to your sister, eventually that becomes part of who they are. And it crowds out the, the stupid things they're doing in the schoolyard. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and this reality that, that in any, any assessment of a person's strengths, the most intense, intense patterns of behaviors are the ones that have two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So what we know is that our, 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 we have a son who's a competitor, very strong competitor. So we watch him compete certainly around the home, in his organized sports, and he does it at school. And so the best part of his competitor, the drive, the determination, the, the will to win are amazing. They're awesome to watch. And some of the downside when he becomes a sore loser or he beats himself up or he's hurt another kid or he talks trash, which he's learned to do recently. He's actually pretty good at it. But he's, <laughs> but he's, but he's learned how... Yeah to leverage his strengths. And, and what we teach him is the, the strength of that, the best parts of it, while us as parents realizing that's our role to get in there and help amend the parts that aren't going to be as good because the same flow of energy, the same, same pathways are being utilized. Mm -hmm. and, and in reality, because there's 12 of these, number 12 on the list is far less a liability than number one. Number mm -hmm. one is where if it's gonna go wrong, it's probably gonna happen in these really intense ones I notice. He's probably he's probably not going to be far from who he is at home at school as far as the up and down. But if more of the negative comes there, then it we haven't found ourselves surprised by it. It's going to happen in one of these areas that we've we've seen both the positives and negatives of. Well, I really appreciate uh, what you're saying here about because I think it's one of the things that we miss about human beings, not about kids, is it's always a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. uh, my my. My quote is the blessing is the curse and the curse is the blessing, huh. right? So, you know, being brought up the way I was in abject poverty, surrounded by crime and violence, addiction, pedophilia, all the horrible things that went on um, and extreme poverty and having to parent my siblings, that all sucked but there is some really great stuff that came out of it. You know, um, many, many years ago, I was being interviewed. I was on tour. It was actually 1989. I was on tour. I was in, I was in, uh, 
uh, Manitoba of all places on CBC radio. And the, the interviewer said to me, you know, you've done all this traveling. You've, you've studied with all these great spiritual masters in all these different religious um, faiths. You know, who was, who was your greatest spiritual teacher? And I said, oh, that's easy. That was my dad. Hmm. Like, oh, was your dad a great spiritual, uh, um, you know, did he, did he also travel? Was he a, a minister or something or a rabbi? I said, oh, no, my father is a narcissist who is emotionally void and spiritually void. And he taught me what not to be. <laughs> so, you know, that when he, so there's always, it's always a double-edged sword. Um, and as much as I was loving and kind and, and extremely nurturing as a child, I also know I was a horrible bully to my younger sister. Mm. I didn't know that because I decided I would compartmentalize that part because it was inconvenient to my, to my identity. But, you know, as I got more real and had a conversations and did my healing work with my sister, realized I'd been a horrible bully to her and hadn't supported her because, you know, dad hits mom, mom hits the kids, the kids kick the dog, the dog kicks the cat. I mean, you know, so it's that power thing. Um, but it's really important that I, I love what you're saying here about this understanding of it being a double-edged sword. And we love to say, oh, this, my kid is so this. And one of the things I will always say is what's the dark side of that? I'm a great <laughs> believer in Jungian shadow work. What is the dark side of that? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Well, your kid's a great sports person. That's fantastic. What's the dark side of that? Mm -hmm. Is the dark side of that that your kid has to win at any cost? Because that's pretty dark. Mm -hmm. um, you know, your kid, oh, my kid's so loving and so nurturing. What's the dark side of that? There's nothing. Well, does your kid have any boundaries? Is your kid always saying yes to everybody and actually is quietly depressed? Mm -hmm. You know, my kid's really happy. Well, is that an identity? What's the dark side of that? That they're not allowed to be sad? And so I really appreciate in this, this looking at the strengths is also understanding that there's a shadow to each of those. Mm. How do you help? So let's imagine for a moment, there's a parent listening. How do you help them? Because they'll, we, we tend to look at our children one-sidedly mm -hmm. as in only the shadow or mm -hmm. only the light mm -hmm. as opposed to the whole. And so if a parent is in front of any of you yeah. who is showing up with one side of that, whichever side it might be, how do you, how do you have them come to peace with the possibility that this is, there's more to your child than this? So I'll start on a piece of that. And then I think Brian, you may jump in here, you know, on the airplane, when they uh, drop the oxygen mask, they tell you, put yours on first before you put it on your child. And what we like to tell most parents is that it's very difficult to parent authentically if you're not authentic with yourself. Yeah. If you're not aware that the, that the parts that make you a great parent are probably also the parts that make you a terrible one at the same time. <laughs> like they, like I, yeah. My number one parenting strength is I'm a trainer. And so my kids know that I am the boundary setter and yeah. I am the one that will hold them accountable for their decisions. And it's, it's an important part of my job. In our, in our partnership between Annalyn and I, that's my job. And then when we learned that, I stopped expecting her to do the part that I brought uniquely to the relationship. And we figured out a good 
system. And so the kids lean into that. Well, that same strength that helps create boundaries and peace and flow in my home also can make me an asshole yep. and a mean cuss. And I can be, <laughs> I can be harsh. Yeah. And, and I have had to learn to face that guy in the mirror and go back and I'll do many apologies to kids for coming on too strong, too hard, saying things in anger that I wish to God I could erase from their brains. And I know I don't get to, but I could do my part to backfill it with right. something that, that builds them back up and brings health to them. But that's the same person. So if I can, if I can wrestle with me and get to an authentic place of, I know me and now I know my effect on you, then it, no shock that my child is going to equally have incredible, beautiful aspects of their strengths that I love and enjoy and I lean into while at the same time, they're going to have dark places they go. And, and no surprise, no shock, right? It's got to be part of part of the same package. Yeah. You, you wanted know, to add some of that, Ryan? Yeah, I do. So it's, so it's interesting. When you work with parents, they tend to actually see one side or the other. Like they really do. You'll have parents yep. that... Um, so there, there's a strength for kids. It's called persuader. And these are the kids that are super strong-willed. They're the kids that have a sense of self and a sense of like autonomy. And they're like, I'm sure in myself and my opinions and my beliefs. And so the, the, the strong side of that, the, the great part about that is that they're leaders. They're the type of person that says, hey, here's the way we're going. Everybody follow me. Here's why you, once they have an opinion, you can't get them off that opinion. They will keep pushing for the things that they believe in. Now, the downside of that is they argue with their parents all the time, like they, they can't be talked out of, they say no to things, they're pushy, they're stubborn, right? And so you'll get parents in here that will only see like, my kid is so stubborn, they're always arguing, I can't get them to follow my lead, like all these things. And one of the biggest ahas that you can get with a parent is help them to see like, okay, the strength here that look, look this is a future leader in the making. If you can if you can help channel that energy, that strong sense of self into somebody that appreciates the input from other people, oh my gosh, that kid's going to change the world, right? They're the people that start like the civil rights movement because of that sense of conviction. Yep. But if we as a parent, if we sit there and we're trying to beat that stubbornness out of them, and like, don't talk back to me, don't do this. Then what we do is we take that strength and we just completely destroy it and the kid becomes weaker for it. And so it's so powerful to get them to see the other side. Now, there's a flip side of that. And also some parents come in and their kids really poop glitter, right? It's just like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. And I never see any negative. And then when you talk to them and you're talking to them about the, like there's a trait called team player and this kid that's super agreeable. They always go along with what, whatever, you know, they're, they're, they're always, yes, they do what you're asked. They really want to be valued by other people. And they tend to be super nice kids, super easy to raise. And parents are like, oh my gosh, they're so amazing. And then, then you'll ask questions like, well, do they give in to peers easily? Yeah. They're, yeah. Whenever they get like pushed at school, they'll go along with it. And you're like, okay, well, here's the downside, right? And then for parents to understand that, it's also this big aha, because finally they understand why their kids are behaving the way that they're behaving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your question at the very beginning, I think really sets us up nicely. If we know, do we do? And the answer is knowing always helps the doing, but we still have to do, right? <laughs> we still have to do. And so what this does is gives parents this opportunity to know, know both where my kids' strengths are, where their struggles are, 
And then the doing is I can start parenting to those things. I can start trying to help them navigate and channel the, the negative sides of these, the shadow sides, but also reinforcing and building up and applauding the parts that are really great and strong and good about them. Yeah, th these are great points. Um, seeing the, uh, I mean, just to sort of reiterate a piece there, which is that great parents, I, I don't believe it's my, it's my bias. I don't believe that great parenting is possible without self-awareness. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. If you're doing anything right, um, it's kind of by fluke your self-awareness will make you a better parent, but in self-awareness, you will have to look in the mirror and you'll have to see the stinky stuff that you do probably don't want to look at. Uh, but you will never be the kind of parent you want to be without that self-awareness. The reason my father was such a terrible uh, parent and my mom in her own way was the enormous lack of self-awareness and commitment this is what I talked about at the beginning, the commitment to lack of self-awareness, which is I'm the parent and I know best. That's, mm. that's a commitment to ignorance. That's what that is. That's not a commitment to awareness. And that self-awareness is so vital. And uh, where I really, we have to finish the show, but where I want to finish the show is in a piece that you just said, Brendan, um, in our parenting program, I said, um, I used to ask this question, what is the most powerful thing you'll ever say to your child? And every time parents would say, I love you, or I appreciate you, or I admire you, you know, they'd come up with something like that. And I go, no, those things are, those things are important. I'm not minimizing them in any shape or form, but I will tell you the most important thing. And they said, okay, I but I'm going to tell you how I get to it. And they go, okay. I said, when your kid entered the world, they were born into your life. You did not exist before them as far as they're concerned. And you are so powerful. You are the God and goddess. You know why the grass is green, why the sky is blue. You know, you have the power to starve them to death. And you, they're hungry and you say it's not food. They don't get food. They're, they're tired and you, and you say you've got to wake up they got to wake up. They're sleepy and they got to go to school. You make them go to school. You have all the power to keep them alive. You are the God and goddess. And therefore there is nothing wrong with you. There couldn't be anything wrong with you. You are that powerful. So therefore, if they behave in a way that has you react in any way that is less than quote loving to them, there is something wrong with them. So your children grow up with the idea that there's something faulty about them. And I believe that in many ways, that is the quote, original sin piece mm. from a psychology point of view is the original sin is that I must be, there must be something wrong with me because these all powerful people that are upset with me. So mm. it's got to be there's something wrong with me. And the self-awareness to go, no, no, hold on a second. That's not the answer. And the most powerful thing you will ever say to your children is, I was wrong. I apologize, son. I apologize, daughter. I apologize. 
And I think that too often we get our egos in the way. We do it in primary relationships. We do it in romantic relationships. We do it in our friendships. We do it in, in and we certainly do it in parenting. We forget to say, I'm sorry. And that is so powerful. Uh, my second youngest grandchild is, um, she's, uh, she was nine at the time. And, you know, she, her, her and her g-dad i'm a g-dad we have you know we have an amazing relationship and she loves to play and, and she's i'm very curious with her and i play dolls with her you know it doesn't matter how much of an alpha male you are you know if if your granddaughter says you're a princess you're a princess that's right um so i'm a princess and i'm having tea with her and i'm doing all those things and she loves to play with me because i have all these voices and i do all these voices i actually used to do voiceover stuff 30 odd years ago and so i do all these weird voices and all my characters have neuroses right so i give them neuroses which she thinks is hysterical so they have claustrophobia they have, you know so i make up all these different neuroses which she thinks is hysterical so we have this great playful relationship but on a particular day when i was exhausted from a bunch of other stuff she wouldn't put her stuff away and i lost my shit i was not me. And I shouted at her and told her I was sick of her being um, entitled and I wasn't, oh, or just deep shame as I even tell you this. Because this is, you know, I'm a pretty enlightened guy. I'm a pretty aware guy. And this is only less than two years ago, you know. And I felt so deeply ashamed. And I, knew, and I realized I'd scared her because I'm powerful. Mm -hmm. and just sitting with her and and saying do you know and watching her back off as i'm trying to talk to her a kid who's really close to me so i have to sit on the floor get down to her height and say do you know g dad loves you and not really any response and that unconditional love piece g dad loves you even when you're naughty even and here's the thing g dad loves you even when g dad's really angry because when g dad's really angry it's not with you that's just g dad he's upset with other things and you just pushed a button mm -hmm. and i just want you to know that what i did was wrong it was incorrect it was something called disproportionate meaning it was too big for what you did Mm -hmm. And I am so, so sorry. And what's more is I want to know if you can forgive me. Because if you can't, I understand and that's okay. Because I'll ask you again later. So I said, I'm going to ask you if you can forgive me and I want you to know I love you. And I said, can you forgive me? And she went, just this little nod. That's all it was. About two hours later, she settled a little bit and I, and I was, I was choked. I was still choked and we were sitting at the table and I, and I had tears in my eyes and I said, I'm so sorry, baby. So sorry, sweetie. You know, that was really wrong. And I said, I just want you to know, I am really sorry. Didn't ask for forgiveness again. I just said, I'm really sorry. And she said, it's okay, G dad. I lose my temper sometimes too. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I said, and what's more is I was in a bad mood the rest of that day. Do you remember? She goes, yeah. 
I said, so do you remember that your uncle Michael was here? My son, my eldest son, uncle Mark, my next son, and their, their wives. And she is yeah. And I said, well, when I see them, I will apologize to them too. She came and she was here two weeks later. The first thing she asked my wife, did G dad apologize to them? Wow. You know how powerful it was? And my wife said, why don't you ask G dad? She goes, I don't want to. So I said, okay. So she, my wife said, okay. That was a weekend that all everybody was coming over again. We're all having lunch and we're snacking and we're doing things. And I just suddenly stopped everybody. I said, I just need everybody's attention for a minute. And I sat there in front of everybody and I went through them individually and I apologized to each one of them. These are my adult children and their wives mm -hmm. with my granddaughter observing that I, this patriarchal, powerful man, could bring myself down and apologize. And my wife was crying. She And my wife was crying. It's not like I don't apologize. I do. But she was crying because she was watching the impact on our adult children and on my grandchildren. And that's why I think that this is a powerful place to, for us to stop. Yeah. It's the most powerful thing you can do is remember that you are a god or a goddess to your children. And when you apologize to them, you tell them that they're as valuable, as important as you are. And that, in my mind, is one of the most loving things you will ever do. It might be difficult. It might be hard. You might have to challenge your own ego, but it is so enormously powerful. I want to thank you guys for being here. Thank you for all that you've shared. Thank you for your insights. And thank you for the work that you're doing. I hope you'll stay with us to the end. Is there anything you want to say at the end before we close up and say goodbye to our audience? You you hit me here. Um, it just reminds me in this world that we live in, we live in this cult of comparison, the idea that I'm never going to be good enough, that if I'm not a perfect parent, I might as well not even be doing it. To be able to forgive ourselves, to be able to apologize and that, that is this, this compassion for each other and for ourselves is so, so great. Thank you for sharing that vulnerable story. And thank I think you. something I'd like to share, and thank you, yes, that story. I actually cried. I don't know if you can see my tears here, um, but it's, it's never too late. And that's been one of our messages. You know, even if you have adult children, they, they actually need it just as much um, as your small ones, you know? And so that, that's one of our messages as parents, um, even if you're a grandparent or even if your kids are, are 50 years old, um, it's never too late. It's never, never too late to say it, sorry. It's never too late. Yeah. My mom, the last conversation I had with her, the last conversation I had with her, she apologized. And she did a lot of things wrong, but that was very powerful. That was something she did very right thank you all it's been a pleasure and honor i hope you'll stay with us to the end and again as i said we will make sure that we post all those links um but again please give out the the urls where people can find out more about about incredible parent about uh playing to their strengths about anything you want to just let people know where they can find you guys please do so yeah absolutely 
Yeah, go to incrediblefamily.com. Uh, that's where you can visit us, read some of the, the articles, blogs. You can interact with coaches. You can also purchase Incredible Parents, the book that Annalyn and Brandon wrote. And right now, um, we just started, we're really happy about this. We just started a campaign where if you buy one for yourself, we are going to donate another one to at-risk families uh, and impoverished families who might not have it. And as we said earlier, people need this. And so we'd like to make sure that everybody has it in their hand. So incrediblefamily.com. You can also find us on social media, Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, just look up Incredible Family. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Been a pleasure and an honor. And again, for you, dear listener, thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for sharing the show with everybody you know. Um, we genuinely hope you found enormous value in this. And listen, we need your help in staying relevant. We need your help in getting these messages out there. So if you can go to wherever it is you listen to podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, and share the show with everybody you know. Listen, information on its own is worth the hole in the donut. Transformation comes from application of what it is you learn. And one of the ways that each of us learn is to not hoard, but to share. So share this, discuss it, start a group, have a conversation, start a group in Facebook, chat about it, go join uh, these guys on Facebook, find out where they are in Clubhouse, have these conversations, get better. Self-awareness is the key to great parenting. Understand yourself more, get around other people who are doing better. Till next time, this is Dove Baron saying, stay curious, my friends, stay curious. Till next time for another delicious episode of Curiosity Bites, I'm out.